This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. Many of you have made comments about the series, that you're learning some things, and uh, there is, I, I don't want anyone to feel condemned because you've been praying wrong or something, because the truth is we've all prayed wrong. The truth is we're probably still all praying wrong in, in some little place, you know. Um, you'd be surprised at how much each of us have the law in us. And we've been talking about New Covenant prayer. And um, even when I, I look and see that I was praying wrong before, God still was blessing. He's still merciful. And he's still a good God. And he's not upset with you. He's not mad at you um, if you're not praying exactly right. And like I, I talked about before, it's a matter of the heart. You may not have the exact words, but God's looking at that heart. But that's the reason I'm doing this series where you'll get some principles, you'll start getting more answered prayer. And some of you have seen some answers because you just made a little change because we're after the cross instead of trying to get God to do something that he's already done. And, and that's a big thing because if, if you're going to God for something and you're begging him, trying to get him to do something he's already done, you're actually in a place of doubt and unbelief. So we want to come to Father thanking him for what he's done through Jesus Christ or through the finished work. And I talk about finished work a lot. Make sure that you understand that's the cross, the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. He fulfilled the law. And he ushered in a new covenant. And we want to pray, not according to the Old Testament, but the New Testament. And so many times our prayers are based on Old Testament principles that do not work in the New Testament. And that's what we've been looking at and getting some understanding. And also, I don't want you to feel bad if you're not able to spend a whole lot of time in prayer. You should spend, be talking to the Lord all day. You can talk to Him. And it's kind of like when uh, you're with your wife, you have, you're talking to her in the week, but there should be special times that you get with her and you spend more than just, you know, would you um, get this out of the refrigerator? You know, just a small talk that you have intimate time together and you communicate and spend time together. So it's the same with the Lord. And uh, I think many times we have more time than we think. Many times we can make time. You say, well, I get home, I, I'm tired. Well, what a great thing to do if you're tired is get refreshed in God's presence. Spend some time with Him. And uh, I used to think, and I, I told you about <laughs> growing up where, um, in, in the Lord where you had to spend massive amount of time in prayer. And we were trying to get, you know, points of God. Uh, we'd pray, we'd fast, we'd get up early in the morning. And I, I told you about getting up and just being so tired. I was working overtime. Yeah, I was up early. And that whole thing became, you know, how much did you pray? You know, how many hours did you pray? And um, the thing just kind of went down the tubes because I believe people got in the pride, actually, about how much they prayed. But we were trying to get points with God. But once you found out that Jesus Christ scored all the points available in God, whew, 
What did I say? Jesus Christ scored all the points available in God for us. That'll set you free. And now I pray because I want to, not because I have to. Not because somebody, there's a law, you got to get your hours in. <laughs> That's good. Excuse me. That's good. Thank you, Lord. So there's no condemnation. It's just uh, a wonderful thing to spend time with your Creator. He loves you. He knows everything about you. He knows every detail. And He'll bring peace in the midst of the craziest situations. You can have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. He'll guide you. He'll lead you. He'll show you the way. He'll, he'll give you wisdom. So I want us to learn for this. Don't, don't have uh, any condemnation. We, God's not mad at you. If you've been praying wrong in the past, just start praying better. How about better is better? Amen? <laughs> so we talked about prayers not trying to beg, plead, or manipulate God. Like we're trying to twist God's arm to make him do something that he doesn't want to do. <laughs> That's not the new covenant. There was some, some things in the Old Testament that would make you think that way. We think we'll be heard for a much begging. But we found out, found out when you are doing that, you're acting like a slave, not a son, not a daughter. Can you imagine going, one of your kids coming to you and they're just begging you and pleading with you, can I get in the refrigerator and get some food? I mean, you want to spank them for acting like, acting like that. <laughs> of course you can. We're not going to starve you. There is food available. And God has food available. Prayer is receiving what God has already done through Jesus. The old covenant was based on each individual's ability to uphold his side of the covenant. And this is in your notes. The new covenant is based on one man's ability to uphold the covenant. That is huge. The new covenant is based on Jesus's ability to uphold his side of the covenant. He fulfilled all the righteous commandments of the law. He fulfilled it for us. And then he chose by faith to take our sin and our punishment. He took it on himself. He died the death. I mean, though the wages of sin is death, he died with our sins, I his sins, our sins, he died, spilled his blood, paid the price, but then it says he was resurrected to mediate the covenant. He died to seal this thing, and then he rose from the dead to make sure his last will and testament was carried out. I'd rather base my life on what he did, my representative did. He upheld the covenant. The covenant is not between you and God. The covenant was between God the Father and Jesus the Son. Those two went into covenant together. They both upheld their portion of it, and it is done, it is finished. 
And then when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we're placed in Christ. So we get in the covenant by getting in the Lord who has already fulfilled his part of the covenant. And it's not going to change. It's always going to be. In Luke 11, verse 1, we see that one of the disciples came to Jesus. Now it came to pass as he was praying at a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we talked about that the rabbis would teach by categories. This is an outline. This is a pattern. You don't just repeat this prayer over and over. It is an outline or pattern. And the rabbis would go through and give more details later to explain different parts. So Jesus has given us an outline. And I like to say it's a, you can in prayer get your heart in order. Because if Jesus has already provided everything in the covenant, a lot of what we do in prayer is communicating with God, uh, releasing our faith, but it's also listening to him about our heart. Because we receive, faith is released from the heart. We receive from faith released from our heart. So getting our heart in order is a, a big thing about, about prayer. But we, we get to call him our father. We're so honored and blessed to call, to call the Creator our Father. And we talked about that we can call Him Abba Father or Daddy God. That we, we worship and we have all respect for Him, yet we have intimate relationship with Him and we call Him Daddy God. And you can experience that. I've had times where I've heard the Lord speak to me, he's speaking to me from the daddy side. I've had him speak to me from the God side. <laughs> and there, is a, there is a difference, but we need, we need both. And we're so blessed to be able to call. You know, in the Old Testament, they didn't even want to say his name. We talked about his names last week and how to approach him. You can approach him. He is the God who reveals himself by his name. So when you understand his name, you get some understanding of his nature and his character. But in the Old Testament, they didn't want to say his name. They would not say his name. And of course, the English transversion, we say uh, Jehovah. But actually, nobody actually knows how to say his name. When you say it in Hebrew, it's just some letters there. Nobody knew how to say it. But now... We call the one they wouldn't even talk about, they wouldn't say his name, we call him Father or Daddy God. Aren't you glad to be alive in the New Covenant times? <laughs> because of Jesus, we have a relationship. Then we looked at uh, how would be your name, how it means to acknowledge God as holy. Acknowledge him as holy. So, you acknowledge who he is. You acknowledge that he's pure and perfect and holy. And we talked about praise and worship. The root of praise and worship means to say back. We acknowledge back to him who he says he is. That's, that's worship. That's praise. Singing back to him 
what God has said about himself. And once you get that, you can start saying back to him what he said about you. Because we need to be strong in what he says about ourselves. It's a, a foundation of our faith, knowing uh, who we are in Christ. In Psalms 100, verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Isn't it, isn't it good that he is merciful? He's good. You enter into his presence with thanksgiving. Now, we talked about that he is Jehovah Shammah, always present. You're always in his presence, really. But there's times you just sit and you say, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you that you're here with me. And the new covenant, he's come to live on the inside of us by the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> so there's some people crying out, God, would you send your presence? And his presence is already there. You know what happens? You know why you get into worship and you sense his presence? It's because you're acknowledging his presence. His presence was always there. So if we can get some people together all acknowledging his presence, then we all sense his presence. Like we'll have tonight, we'll have everyone here expecting God's presence. Why? Because he comes with you. But then we're going to acknowledge and express our love to him and we'll sense his presence because you get your flesh to be quiet enough to realize who lives inside. And you'll have him from the inside and from the outside. And there's such a thing called a, a corporate anointing as we're gathered together in the house of the Lord. It's going to be good tonight. So even if you mess up, He's not condemning you. There's no silent treatment with God. There's not a day that he says, Bob, I come to the throne room and there's a note on the door. Not today, Bob. Not today. You have messed up too much, so not today. Give me a break, Bob. You know you've acted like a rascal all week. Just give me a break. God never says that. He's always glad to see me. <laughs> he's always glad to see you. Because he's in love with you. He's for you, not against you. He's a good father. So you're always welcome. You always have an invitation to be with him. But you see, the, the world and is going to and fro, but that's not to be our culture. That's not to be a part of our lives, our lives should be simple enough that we have time for God. Even if it's in your car going down the road, that's a great time to spend with God. Just make sure you don't shut your eyes when you pray. The rest of us would greatly appreciate that. <laughs> so Jesus is, is, is telling his disciples, I'm read to you, he gives some more explanation. Uh, he says, you're going to have sorrow because I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back in your joy, uh, in your heart, you'll rejoice. In, in John 16, 22, in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. 
Until now you have asked nothing in my name, asking you will receive that your joy may be full. So this is, we come to the Father in Jesus' name. So when you pray to the Father, you come in the name of Jesus. Now, the reason is Jesus made the way. We're actually going through our high priest. Jesus, our, our representative, because of his blood. It's because of his blood that we have a way to the Father. So we can acknowledge that blood. We can thank God for the blood of Jesus. And we're welcomed into the presence of God. But Jesus is saying here, as for his death, that I'm leaving, but I want you to start asking the Father in my name. Come to the Father in my name. And that's, that's what we're, we're to do. Well, what about if you have a, have you ever had time, you didn't have time for a long prayer or formal prayer, or, you know, Father in Jesus' name. <laughs> Anybody? I know you have. I have. I've prayed some short ones before. Anybody ever prayed this one? Jesus! <laughs> if you drive around here, I know you've prayed that prayer. <sighs> if you haven't prayed that prayer, boy, you're, you're cold. You get, you get some ice in your veins, man. I can remember, uh, I can remember seeing the car on the interstate, and it was, it had hit another car, and it's going like this, and it was, to me, it was at the point where of no return, and Ellen and I both, yeah, Jesus, and that thing went, went down. There was another time that uh, we were pulling out on Winchester Road. And this is years ago, there was, um, it wasn't a shoulder, it's like another lane there, but it wasn't completely open. And we pulled up, we were going to take a left on the Winchester, and this car is flying right at us. And it wasn't time for, you know, dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, protect, no, Jesus! And, I, and we shut our eyes. I shut my eyes for impact because it was right there and uh, it was going to hit on Ellen's side, the passenger side. Shut my eyes as, as we yelled that and, and no impact. I opened my eyes and the car was on the other side of our car. Now I have no explanation for it except it, it was like the car went through us but there was no damage. We had a praise session after that. <laughs> Worship God for a while. There's no telling how many times you've been protected on, on the streets. <laughs> but was God upset because I didn't go through in the name of Jesus? And no, no, he's he's not that way. And there's times you have to make a decision. You know, Lord, I don't have time. Lord Jesus, you know what? <laughs> what do I need to do? And that's that's fine. Nothing wrong, nothing wrong with that. And God's not upset at you about that. He's, he's not angry. You don't have to be afraid of Father. You don't have to, you, you reverence Him, but I'm not afraid to go to Him even when I mess up. He's, he's forgiven us all our sins through the cross, through the blood. He's redeemed me. I'm His Son, so I don't have to be uh, afraid of Him. 
In fact, when you think about it, um, for God to do something to me, for him to be angry and do something to, to me has to go through Christ first. So let that one sink in a little bit. Where are you at? You're in Christ. If God's going to do something to you, he has to go through Christ first. Now you can chew on that one a while. Jesus became propitiation of our sins, and propitiation means the satisfying of the wrath of God. And when you read it, it, it talks about, uh, there in First John, it talks about for our sins and the sins of the entire world. He took the wrath of God for the sins of the entire world. The believer and the unbeliever, he already took the wrath for it. God put the, his anger and his wrath on Jesus Christ. That's the reason when I heard, and I was speaking with some of the ushers this morning about you know people saying that God is judging Louisiana. Well, let me tell you, Louisiana is no different than Olive Branch, Memphis. There is sin in the earth. I mean, we agree. If God is bringing judgment, there'd be no debate about it. But the truth is, the Word of God says He has already forgiven our sins. Have you ever wondered, how could that person keep doing that and get away with it? Isn't God going to do something? He's already forgiven them. Now you, what about America? Well, God judged America at the cross and Jesus. Well, what's happening to America then? We're doing it to ourselves. You turn against God and you go a different way. You start saying what he says isn't right. You're in trouble. Because his ways are the ways of life. But how many know that if you're going to Louisiana and you're going to witness and you say, God did this to you. You're going to have a tough way to go. <laughs> well, I'm being, well, I shouldn't say. I'll say it. I'm being persecuted. Persecution for the Lord's sake. No, you're not. I've been persecuted for your own sake, acting like an idiot. Not representing God right. Now, I grant you there's some things in the Old Testament. Yeah, he got angry at sin. There was laws. He had, but he's an unchanging God. The terms of the covenant have changed. We have a champion. We have a king. We have one that took our place and took all the wrath and anger of God in our behalf. And that's the reason that you can come to the throne room of grace, not judgment, and receive mercy even in time of need. When you've blown it and messed up, you're invited to the throne room. You're not invited to the room in the back of the throne room. <laughs> uh, you, you can't come into the throne room. or, uh, In fact, uh, the Lord wants you outside of heaven today. Uh, there's a woodshed out there for your name. <laughs> He's merciful. He's good. Okay, back to... 
So Jesus, so when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. So he said, your kingdom come, your will be done. This is not a question. We take this as a question many times. We're praying, God, would you, would you please send your kingdom? Would your kingdom come? Would your will be done? Kingdom here means where a king rules. The kingdom of God, we know from the word, is inside of us now. Where at whatever area in your life you're letting God's word and him rule in your life, the kingdom is ruling there. Wherever he's not ruling in the area, death is working. So you want the abundant life? The king's got the rule. Kingdom. So the kingdom is inside of us. So we have prayer groups that are praying. Your kingdom come. Would you send your kingdom? Send your kingdom. Do something, God. Send your kingdom. At the very time, the kingdom is inside that person there. So close inside of them. And that's what I'm talking about is New Covenant praying. The kingdom's here. Well, what's the problem? We need to release the kingdom out of us. <laughs> release his influence, his values, his love. Release the truth and love. Release that. That's the kingdom being released. In the earth. He's the king of kings. He is the king. We're the kings in God's kingdom. Other words, God doesn't have subjects in his kingdom. He has sons and daughters. He's the king of kings. We're kings. There's no peasants in the kingdom. There's no subjects in the kingdoms but sons, the sons and daughters of God. That's what's in the kingdom of God. All members are of the royal family. <laughs> I'm more excited than you are. Everyone in the kingdom is a prince or a princess. I call my granddaughters princess. They are. Your son's a prince. Well, he's not acting like God says he's a prince. <laughs> he belongs to Jesus. There is no middle class in the kingdom of God. They're all members of God's. You're all related to the king. <sighs> mm. And the kingdom is inside of you. How did you become related to the king? You were born to the family, John 1, verse 12. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, were born into the family of God, the household of God. Now, I did nothing to cause myself to be born into the family of God. I received Jesus I accepted him as lordship, the price that he paid, and he birthed me into his kingdom. Just like he, your child, they did nothing to be born. <laughs> this kingdom, 
All the power and all the glory goes to God. Because He did it. I just received Him. I received Him, and He gave me a new birth. And I'm born into His family. Even, and I talked about this some, but a servant is a representative minister. And I said that we're not, in the Old Testament, there were servants of God. Really, New Testament, we're talking about sons and daughters of God. We're part of the family business. That's what we're having a meeting about, family business. His business. Father's business. So we serve God, and I, I know what, you know, some of you said, well, I'm a, a servant God. Yes, you are, but you serve him as a son and daughter. In other words, you're a part of the business. <laughs> you are not on the outside looking in. You're a son. You're a daughter of God. We're ambassadors, saints, children of God, kings, God's workmanship. These are all terms of endearment. Prayer is our communication with the kingdom we represent. So how do we communicate? How do you get your faxes, your emails, your texts, your phone call with the, with the kingdom of God? You pray. You pray. Your prayer doesn't have to go very far. Well, I have to bust through the heavens to get my prayer through. No, you don't. You have to bust through your heart because the kingdom's inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You mean I don't have to storm the gates of heaven? No. God's inside of you. Well, I wanted to storm something. Well, find you something. You can go storm it. <laughs> but don't be up there storming the gates of heaven when the gate's unlocked. And the doorway to the throne room's open. They're waiting on you. <laughs> There's no shortage in this kingdom. Think about this. Ambassadors in the world, they represent a nation to a foreign nation. They're appointed by the king. They're not voted into position. You were not voted to be a son or daughter of God. You were not voted to be a king. Or queen. Committed only, only to that nation's interests. Totally covered and protected by the nation. The ambassador to a foreign nation from the United States is totally protected and taken care of by the U.S. Their pay, everything comes from U.S. Has access to the wealth resources of the nation he represents. Never becomes a citizen of the nation assigned to. Never speaks his own opinion, only his nation's position. His mission is to influence the nation assigned for his kingdom. What are we? We're aliens in this earth. We're ambassadors. We represent God the Father, the, the kingdom of God everywhere we go. We have an assignment. We have a calling. We have a mission to let others know. Uh, one thing about ambassadors, prayer is not enough. There's a communication, but then they go to work. So it's not just prayer. We have to do work also. This in your notes. There's two kingdoms in the earth. Kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness. 
Two races in the earth, believer and unbeliever. We're to expand the kingdom of light. So the kingdom of God is here inside of us. It's our responsibility to bring influence, to expand, to speak of our kingdom and let others know about, about Jesus. True expansion of the kingdom, how's that come? Only happens when a person accepts Jesus Christ as Lord, actually. We bring influence, we're doing everything we can, but, you know, you can do good works in the name of the Lord, but if good works never bring a person to bow their heart and knee to Jesus Christ, it does no good. Because it takes a heart change, and only God can change your heart. Only God can bring that new birth into the kingdom, into his family. So you can do a lot of good things in the name of uh, justice and mercy, whatever, but if they don't lead to Jesus, they're not pointing to him, and they're good things, get me wrong, but to expand the kingdom, there has to be some people accept his kingship, his rulership, follow after him. Move on here. Uh, Matthew 11, Surely I say to you, among those born of women, there is not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. We're part of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. John the Baptist was the greatest in the Old Testament, but even the least in the king, new covenant, part of the family of God, is greater than he. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. John's in prison now. He's being attacked by doubt and unbelief. And in prison, he sends uh, some of his disciples to Jesus and say, Are you the one? And Jesus points them back to Scripture about the Messiah. And, and Jesus... Um, makes these, these statements. And for so long, I took these verses and uh, preached it wrong. I thought, to seize the kingdom of God, I had to violently take it. I had to take it by force to get the kingdom of God. And really, my thinking was wrong. I, I wasn't understanding what it's saying here because... I don't have to, by force, take something that's already given to me. I have to make my heart be right, make sure I can in position to receive. But I don't have to, if somebody has their hand here saying, take this, I don't have to come up and just rip it out and take it by force. It says something's wrong with the way my understanding of this verse is. Because that's the way I was. I'm going to violently take the kingdom of God by force. Not knowing that the kingdom was already inside of me. And, and this mindset is, is even in a lot of prayer. I'm going to make you, God, give me the kingdom. <laughs> I'm going to convince you because I'm going to go hungry. And I'm going to pray and get up when I'm so sleepy and tired. And I'm going to prove to you 
What a mighty man of God I am. Well, he proved to me, well, a mighty God, I'm not. <laughs> I said, it didn't work. I got weary and tired. said, something is not clicking. And he said, Bob, it's my good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I said, what? It's your good pleasure. He said, not only that, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. He didn't say the keys to the kingdom. The keys to the kingdom is the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on him. That's how I get into the kingdom. But he said, I'm going to give you the keys to all the rooms and the doors of the kingdom. Yeah, I've been trying to force a lot of stuff that I don't need to be forcing. You, I can rest in the finished work of Christ. I can rest. It's good to rest. Now, I'm not saying there's not trouble on the earth. There's not persecution. There's not things we deal with. Yes, there is. But I can go to the secret place and find rest. I can get in peace. I can get in peace in a hurry. So violently take it. And when you look up, it's talking about advancing force. And there is an advancing force. It's called the, the family of God, the army of God. We're not using weapons. We're using love. We're using the power of God. We're coming forth, and it captures your heart. Have you been captured? <laughs> You've been overtaken. Now you're a prisoner of Christ, compelled to walk in the love of God. So Jesus goes on to explain here. He says, there's kids in the square. You're like those. I play a happy song and you won't dance. Play a sad song, you won't cry. You look for an excuse not to receive. Old Testament, it was too hard. New Testament, it's too easy. This thing is too easy. I want to climb a mountain. I want to do something, God. I said, no, I've already done it. You believe in what I've done. You follow after me. But see, he's talking about a contrast in covenants here. It's what Jesus, he's given a contrast. He said, until this time it's been this, but now a change is coming. What would happen? We'd have authority in Christ over the enemy. They had no power over the enemy before the new covenant. They didn't even know the enemy, what was going on. But now we can resist the enemy. Now we can bind and loose and take authority and rule as a king in this earth. Because of the grace of God, we can reign. We'd have a relationship with God that we can openly commune with Him. We have been qualified in Christ for all the promises of God are yes and amen in Him. We've been seated in heavenly places in Christ. We have an inheritance. And it is finished. The enemy is defeated. Stripped of power underneath our feet. The kingdom has come and the kingdom is inside of me. See the difference? But here, Jesus at the end of the chapter, He finishes with this. Come to me. All you who labor and are heavy laden and overburdened, I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle, meek, and humble, lonely in heart. You will find rest, relief, 
ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For my yoke is wholesome, useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. He's given the contrast. He said, you know, there was a time you had to take things by, by force, but now... And we take that word yoke, and we talk about two oxens being yoked up together, and, and that, that's true. You let uh, Jesus, you're yoked up to him, and you do have to be yoked up to him. But there's even the, the, the rabbis, there's another meeting that each of them carried a yoke. And their yoke was their theology, their doctrine, their philosophy of ministry and life. And they would have their yoke. Now, when you followed a rabbi, you had to commit to their yoke. You had to commit to follow them and commit to them and agree to them that you would follow their yoke, their theology, their way uh, of teaching and principles and doctrine and theology. You had to take all of that on and they were teachers of the law. And how many know there was a lot of laws that you couldn't keep up with? It's like IRS. You can't keep up with it. They can't keep up with it. You can call two different people and get two different answers. They don't know. That's the way the law was because they started just adding laws. Well, that sounds good. Oh, we can collect some money over here if you see somebody, you know, uh, washing their donkey on the Sabbath, then, you know, charge them. <laughs> all these kind of things. But Jesus said, look, my yoke is easy. My yoke is easy. Why? Because he's done it all. He's finished it all. He did it all for us. He said, be yoked up to me. You don't take this kingdom by force. It's my good pleasure to give it to you. You don't have to work to be a son or daughter you're birthed into my kingdom. All you got to do is accept me as your Lord and Savior. And I'll give you a new birth. I will translate you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I will cause you to have a brand new heart. I will cause you to be made brand new. You have to, Jesus said, learn of me. This is a part of the yoke. Learn of me. You've got to always be a student of the great rabbi, the master. Follow after him. You've got to, he said, learn of me. Learn of me. So you never stop learning. But his, his burden is light. If you're under a heavy burden, it's not the Lord. His burden is light. What about the Old Testament? They would get these heavy burdens. Yes. But you can have what we call a burden should be an impression from the Lord. You need to pray right now. Stop. Do this. You're hearing from command central from God, and he's saying, do this now. Do this. We've got to stop. So I'll just stop. Thank you, Father. Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the honor we have, sir, of calling you Father, Daddy God. 
We're so grateful that we can come to you and pray about anything, that we can share our heart. And Lord, I thank you that we take time to listen to you and you stir our hearts and you're leading and guiding. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us. You live on the inside of us for all eternity. And thank you, Lord, that we're sons and daughters, that we're, we're princesses and, and princesses. Thank you that we're ambassadors that represent you in the earth. How honored we are. And we don't look to this world, this world system to take care of us. We look to you because we've been rescued by love. Our heart's been captured by love. And how can we do anything else but live for you who loves us so much? We give you honor today. If there's anyone here that needs to receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, no one looking around, you can make a decision right now, simple prayer, and you can come into the family of God. Maybe you prayed this before, but today you need to reconnect with God. You've gone your own way, but He's inviting you back home. Some of you, you've let your prayer life slide because you've been so busy. And you can tell the Lord, I need some more time. I need to know how to fit this in. He'll answer you. He'll make a way. He will cause things to get done in a quicker way. You'll spend time with Him. If you need to receive Christ this morning or come back home to Him, just lift your hand. We're going to pray. Anyone here say yes to Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Anyone here say, I need to get my prayer life going again? Just lift your hand. Yes, see those hands. Yes. Father, for every hand that's lifted, then you put your hand down so as you lift it. These have lifted their hands to pray, to get in tune with you. Lord, I thank you that you're not upset, you're not mad, but you're glad. And you're full of joy as they make this commitment today. I ask for your grace, Lord, to empower them to fulfill the decision that they made this morning. We give you thanks. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll free at 866-383-8277.